0: In the words of my lips, in the meditations of our hearts, be found pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Today is Trinity Sunday. It always follows Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit breaks out. This is a well-known passage from John, but it's a rarity in the Gospels because it shows Jesus discussing in some detail, all three persons of the Trinity. And Jesus's words here should not be mistaken for a theological treatise on the one God in three persons. Jesus uses the language of metaphor. However, we want facts and concrete answers, but all religious language is metaphor by necessity. Because religion points to a mystery that you don't know, that you can't know until you have experienced it. In this encounter, Jesus challenges Nicodemus to move from theory into practice, from knowledge into faith, and from curiosity to commitment. So just who is Nicodemus? It says here he is a leader of the Jews, particularly that leadership who were hostile to Jesus, which explains why Nicodemus has to sneak in the night. And for John, one of the major themes is darkness and light starts back in the prologue. Jesus is the true light, which enlightens everyone. Nicodemus doesn't want anyone to see him. And this is common in John's Gospel. People act because of the fear of the Jewish leadership. And this is a man who, because he's part of the Jewish leadership, is really afraid of himself. And yet, he comes to Jesus, and he should be afraid. But not for fear of what others will say or do. He should be afraid, and we all should be afraid, because of what Jesus can do. Because to come to Jesus is to take a risk. It's a risk to walk towards the light. It's an act of vulnerability. And we have to be careful. Because if we really don't want to change, we really shouldn't go to Jesus. Because to do so answers an invitation an invitation that God is constantly issuing in our lives, an invitation to come and be transformed. If you don't want to change, you need to steer clear of Jesus. In this exchange, Nicodemus calls Jesus rabbi and acknowledges that Jesus comes from God because only God could do the signs that Jesus has performed and then Nicodemus and Jesus talk at cross purposes because Nicodemus can't see that bigger picture. And the term that's often translated as born again in our translation today it's born from above. And, and that, that phrase born again has been hijacked and I, I was glad to see the translation, born from above. But Nicodemus takes it on a literal level. He's just looking at the surface. He's focused on the signs and not what the signs point to. It's not so much that his faith is faulty. He's headed in the right direction. It's that the faith is immature. His faith is incomplete. What's interesting about this passage is that Jesus starts talking to Nicodemus in the singular you. He's just talking to Nicodemus. Second person singular. But by verse 11, he's talking to second person plural. You, all of us. Jesus is talking to all of us. And one way to look at this passage is to see Jesus speaking about the need to be born from above. As an invitation. An invitation to let God work in our lives. Sometimes we get caught up in seeing ourselves only as sinners and not as beloved children of God. We're so busy focusing on being unworthy, miserable wretches that we miss that opportunity, that opportunity to use life experience to open our imagination, to reconsider our life and relationship with God to let God work in our lives. We stand around like Nicodemus saying, how can these things be? Instead of just accepting the invitation to be born from above. To be born from above as beloved children of God, which is who we are. It's time to stop putting our relationship with God in its neat little box over here. It's time to stop compartmentalizing. We like to keep it on that safe intellectual plane. But now is the time to take that risk. Do we need to be born from above? Yes, but not in that limited literal sense because it is an ongoing transformation. It is not just once. We need to be born again and again and again. For we are human and we are broken and we do fail. And sometimes we still only sneak to visit Jesus in the dark, but we need to keep returning to abide with Jesus. And this is a time for us to answer the invitation to prepare to take the risk, to let God work in our lives. About 16 years ago, my best friend from sixth grade was diagnosed with cancer and Jim went through treatment and was pronounced cancer-free. And then as often happens, the cancer returned. And I remember being so devastated and feeling hopeless. And I spoke with Jim, and he told me with certainty that it was going to be all right. And he asked if I was going to keep praying for him. And I said that I would try. And I was in the seminary at the time, and I remember one morning going into the seminary chapel around that time and asking God to help me. And in the course of morning prayer, we came to a hymn, and I remember standing up and trying to sing But all that would come out were tears that streamed down my face. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again There is a bomb in Gilead. We are constantly getting an invitation that God is constantly issuing in our lives an invitation to come and be transformed, to let God work in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in us the fire of your love. And the people say, Amen.